with the first message and the children's lesson. Just, I guess, at the, particularly the first message there, the, the simplicity of the Christian life. I know I've probably said this many times, if we go wrong, we're not going to go wrong because it's so complicated. We'll go wrong because we miss the importance of the small things. I think that's very, very true. And so I was challenged again to see how God does things. He expects us to be faithful in the small things, like we heard so clearly. And just blessed also by the lesson for the children in the tiny things that the Lord used to illustrate a very huge point. So, I guess along those same lines, I will be talking about another small yet very profound thing this morning. I uh, recently, just this week, listened to a message by uh, Duncan Campbell, and he was he was one of the men that preached through the revivals at the Herbert. Uh, no, I can't say it. Hebrides, yeah, thank you. Hebrides Island revivals. And so it's a really, really old recording, I think, is that was going on in the 1950s. And you can only understand about two-thirds of it. It's really scratchy and old. But, but he was talking about compromise. And so I was thinking this morning, I, I suppose the opposite of of being faithful is to compromise. When we're no longer faithful, we would compromise or be unfaithful. And so he preached the message on uh, Aaron, Moses and Aaron. When, when Moses went up into the mountain there to receive the commandments, and then the people murmured and complained to Aaron, said, we don't know what happened to Moses Make us a God. And so Aaron compromised. Aaron was not faithful. He compromised. And he brought out the point saying that he thinks Aaron thought that the women probably wouldn't part with their jewelry. And so he made that offer. He said, break off your earrings and let's throw it into the fire and see what comes out. And he, he just, he said he figured that Aaron thought, you know, the women aren't going to want to part with their jewelry, so I'll make this compromise and say, well, you give me the gold, and we'll see what comes out of the fire. And, and so he was, he was sadly mistaken. The women, comfort, the women break off their earrings, and he threw their earrings into the fire and, and formed a, a calf. And they said, this, this is the gods that brought thee out of uh, Egypt. These are the gods. Just a terrible, terrible compromise. Aaron was not faithful. He compromised. So that's very much of an encouragement and a challenge to us. What Vernon brought there this morning. To be faithful in the little things. 
What I want to talk about is another little thing, but yet so profound, and that is found in in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. You can turn in your Bibles to that chapter. John, chapter 15, is where we will take our thoughts from today. And so before we go, Father, let's bow for prayer. Lord, we thank you this morning that we can call upon your name and we do so. Father, now we feel our need of you, Lord. Thank you for so richly blessing us and challenging us, Lord, to be faithful. Oh God, each one of us in our own realm, in our own uh, area of responsibility, in our, with our own talents and gifts that you have given us, O oh God, I pray that you would find us faithful, like we heard already this morning, Lord. And God, and how you would expect us to go forth with what you have given us and be faithful with, with that, Lord. You, you tell us in the Bible, you've given us all things that pertains to life and godliness. You have given that to us, Lord, and we are, to, we are to add it to our lives. We are to add to our faith all these different things, God. We are to, we are to remain faithful in these things that you've given us and things you're challenging us with, Lord. And, and it says there in the end... Uh, uh, it says that we, we need to be faithful to the end. Faithful to the end. And so help us, Lord, to remain faithful to the end. Oh, God, I pray that we would take deep, deep uh, inventory this morning of uh, of the things you have given us and what we are doing with these things and with the knowledge you have given us, Lord, and the enlightenment to him to whom much is given shall much be required, the Bible says. So, Lord, I pray that we would be in deep contemplation over these things, Lord, this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here in John 15, Jesus teaches this very, very important truth about abiding, abiding in Jesus. We all know the verses very well, but it's a super, super important truth that he, that he taught. He illustrated it with the, the vine and the branches, something we can easily relate to. Doesn't take a college education to understand this truth, but it's super, super, super important. He says, "No abiding, no fruit. Two plus two is four. Abiding equals fruit. Not abiding, no fruit. Very super important." 
And he, he, he kind of wraps up that part of it uh, in verse 8. He says, here is my father, herein is my father glorified. You want to glorify the father this morning? We want our life to bring glory to God. Then he says, you should bear much fruit. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. We can't say, but Lord, but Lord, but Lord. He already gives the answer. Abide. Stay in Christ. Stay in Jesus and you will bear much fruit. He made that very, very clear in that section of this chapter. I mean, I think the children that were up, up, up here at Children's Lesson can even understand that. If we're not bearing fruit in our lives, it's because we're not abiding in Christ. And if we're not abiding in Christ, we're not bearing fruit. And it, it says that that branch shall be cut off and cast into the fire. <clears throat> well, I'm going to break in in verse 9 for the message this morning. And I've titled this message this morning, The Greatest Expression of Love. And again, it's so super, super simple. I didn't say easy. I said simple. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. The verse we want to really hone in on is verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this. This is the ultimate expression of love. It doesn't get any greater than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. Or a woman. That a man or a woman lay down, or a young person, everyone in this room, there is no greater expression of love than that a man lay down his life for his friends. Greater love hath no man than this. Very clear point. So we want to read from 9 to 17. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. 
Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For, I, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Now, contrary to maybe what most of you are thinking, maybe there's a few that aren't thinking this, but I think this is probably popular thought when they hear this verse, verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends, that that would mean if you were to save someone's life and give yours instead. That would be the greatest expression of love. Well, that is not really the, 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 uh, the meaning of this verse. That may be part of it, but that is by no means the meaning. It's not that, it's, it's not... It's not that. It's not that you have to be a hero by giving your physical life for someone else in order to express this greatest love. This simply means to lay down your life day by day, by day, by day, by day for your friends. That's what it means doesn't mean that you have to die to express this greatest love physically, but it does mean you have to die, and I have to die to our to ourself to express this love. A couple of things we want to pull out of this section here is the source of this love, which is very basic, the test of this love the power of this love, and the expression of this love. First of all, the source of this love is in verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. And I tried to think, well, how did the Father love Jesus? That's a little vague. We know that he spoke out of heaven a few times and said, This is my beloved Son. He did that a few times. The heavens opened and the voice came out. People heard it. This is my beloved son. So we know God loved Jesus. In in Christ's prayer, there Christ is praying 
He says, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. They have kept thy word. Uh, So exactly how did the Father love Jesus? How did he love Jesus? As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus is saying to his disciples, continue ye in my love. Well, I I think the the, the definition that that we have for this verse here is simply John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's a giving love. And that is how Jesus was. He had a giving love. He came and he gave. He gave. And then he asked us, so you continue in my love. So we are supposed to turn around and give. And give and give. It's a giving love. And and the source of this love is from God. That's the source of this love. You would think if we really get this, get a hold of this, we should be able to love exactly like God loved Jesus, like Jesus loved us, and that's how we should love one another. The test, number two, the test. Jesus said numerous times in here, it's contingent on us, on our obedience. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. That's the test. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You know, he said that numerous times. I always do the will of my Father. I listen, and what my Father tells me to do, that I do. Continue ye in my love is his challenge. That this is the test. Of this love. Verse 12. This is my commandment. That ye love one another. As I have loved you. Verse 14. Ye are my friends. If. Ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever. I command you. That's the test. How can we love like this? You know, did Jesus love his disciples because they were such a lovely bunch of people? They did everything just right. You know, they were always there for him. They never tripped up. They never made any mistakes. They were these godly disciples, you know, that were just always perfect. And that made it, that made it so easy for Jesus to love them. No, not at all. He had quite a bunch of disciples. They argued. They fought for position. They were afraid. They weren't there when he needed them. Can't you watch with me one hour? 
They slept when they should have been awake. They were just like us. Very much like us. So how can we love? This is one of the most exciting points to me. How can we love like this? I think the key or the answer to this question is in verse 11. Look at verse 11. These things have I spoken, Jesus said, unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I think what it takes for all of us to love like this, to be able to, to, ex, to give this greatest expression of love, and this is probably the heart of the message, I believe, is we need a revelation from the Lord, from the Spirit of God, to our own hearts, how God loved me. When I was unlovely, how he forgave me, how he, how he first loved me. And then as I, as, I, as I realized that, I can turn around and I can begin to love people that way. And I can begin to, to give, to serve Not because people are so nice, not because they just make me feel like serving them, but because that's how God loved me. That's how Christ loved me. And so we need that revelation upon our hearts. I think of Hebrews 12 there where it talks about uh, the author and finisher of our faith. And it says, because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and loved us anyway. And I think we need to see that. We need to see that. We need to pray that God would help us love each other, love our neighbors, love the world like Jesus loved us. And that we, we keep that straight. If we start loving people the way they love us, things, things go wrong. That's not how Jesus loved. The greatest expression of love, Jesus said, is to lay down my life for my friends. With a goal in mind that he had, the other side of the cross, you know, to... to to love them, to love each other, as it were, through the cross. To take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. And when we, when we see it, when we see it, when we have the power to love, because of the joy, the real joy that is in us, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy, my joy, think about that, my joy, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy, and it says here, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you, lest I, be wearied and faint in our minds. This is the greatest expression of love. And the, and the power comes from realizing it in Jesus. That Jesus wants to flow through me, flow through you to love like this. And that is not easy. That is very hard. That is called the way of the cross. That is not easy. This is a love that is not empowered by by good situations or good feelings. This is a love that is empowered by a principle that comes from God into my heart. That is, this is where this love is powered from. And we have enough of power to lay down myself over and over and over again. That is being like Jesus. It's not striving or wishing to be that hero that I can go and save somebody's life and and in the process, I, it, my life is, is snuffed out. And my name gets in the paper and gets heralded out there that so-and-so did this heroic act. No, every day in the, in the obscurity of life where no one notices it but God, we lay down our lives over and over and over and over and over again. We lay down our life for you, for me, for each other. Over and over and over again. Greater love hath no man than this. Dearly beloved, we cannot do it unless God reveals that to our own hearts first, I believe. And and we can do it then with joy. We can do it then by the power of the Spirit. Not because it feels good, not because we feel like it, but because we know it's the right thing to do. The expression of this power, you want to know what the expression of such a revelation upon our hearts is? It is simply following Jesus' footsteps. Not hard. It's simply following Jesus' footsteps. You know, that old self that wants to flare up. But if you would only know, so-and-so, you know, for this we have all these 101 reasons. No. We wouldn't be here if Jesus would have took that route. He could have called 12 legions of angels and it would have took him out of that difficult time and we would be lost today. Dearly beloved, who is willing to be a vessel for God to express his greatest expression of love in the earth today? Right here among this group of people to start with. Who is willing to do it? And then it should go out into the neighborhood, into the regions beyond. Dying like this, Brother Denny often said, 
and I believe it, and we'll hear it. I'm going to read an article here in a moment. But dying like this is harder than dying, a real, uh, than, than giving your life. It's much harder than, than dying. Laying down your life is harder than dying. What do you make of this? Question mark. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. I have called you friends. What do you make of this? Jesus does not ask me to die for him, but to lay down my life for him. Peter said, I will lay down my life for thy sake, and he meant it. His sense of the heroic was magnificent. It would be a bad thing to be incapable of making such a declaration as Peter made. The sense of our duty is only realized by our sense of the, hero- of the, of the heroic. Has the Lord ever asked you, wilt thou lay down thy life? Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Think about that. Will you lay down your life for my sake? Young people, fathers, mothers. It is far easier to die than to lay down the life day in and day out with the sense of the high, high calling. We are not made for the bright moments but we have to walk in the light of them in ordinary ways. There was only one bright moment. Think about this. There was only one bright moment in the life of Jesus. And that was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And then he emptied himself the second time of his glory. The first time was when he came down from heaven. He emptied himself of his glory. That bright spot on the mountain there, he emptied himself of his glory. And he came down into the demon-possessed valley. For 33 years, Jesus laid out his life to do the will of his Father. And John says, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. It is contrary to human nature to do it. That's where the cross comes in. Right there. If I am a friend of Jesus, I have deliberately and carefully to lay down my life for him. It is difficult. And thank God it is difficult. Salvation is easy because it costs God so much. Are you listening? But the manifestation of it in my life is difficult. God saves a man and endues him with the Holy Spirit, and then he says, in effect, now work it out. Be loyal. Be loyal to me. Whilst the nature of things round about you would make you disloyal. We live in a hostile world to Christ. I have called you friends, 
Stand loyal to your friend and remember that his honor is at stake in your bodily life. His honor is at stake in our lives. How we express ourselves. The ultimate greatest love is simply to just lay down our lives. Four four thoughts here on possibly how this could be done, how this would work out in daily life. Remember, it's difficult. It's not easy. So the first one is, in order for this to really find true expression, we all need to be vulnerable. Vulnerable. Jesus made him completely vulnerable, and it cost him his life. He made himself completely vulnerable. No, no, no protection, no shields, no, no running. You know, he didn't hide behind things. And when we are vulnerable because we are real, because we are genuine, because that's how God loves through true vulnerability, then we are susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. That's where we just continue to lay down our lives. Just lay it down. It's the greatest expression of love. And one of those ways is to be vulnerable. Once we, and, and, and it's, it, we know we could get attacked and get hurt. But the last thing to do is to, is to shut that door. When we shut that door, we shut off the love of God. The second way that this love is expressed is through the sacrifice of small things like our time, our expertise, our talents, our money, etc. These are ways that the Lord would have us to lay down our lives numerous ways and times throughout the day by, by just being willing to, to be used, spent for God. Lord, use my time. Use my talents. Use my money, Lord. Use me. It's all yours. I'm all yours, Lord. I'm here for you. I'm here to do your will, God. That is the greatest expression of love. Anyone here can do it. Anyone here can do it. Amen? Anyone can do it. All of us can do this. If we're willing to pay the price. That's the bottom line. If we're willing to pay the price. You know, and it's not, you know, none of us will get it right. Even the disciples didn't get it right. It's like they saw it, they went after it, they, 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 they tried it. Sometimes they made mistakes. Peter made a terrible mistake. He said, I'll go with you all the way, Lord. And he denied the Lord. But, you know, after he had the revelation of Jesus, he was a lot better disciple, wasn't he? A lot better. He went a lot further. And so will you and I. <clears throat> the third point is we need to be truthful. Share the truth with our friends, even if it hurts. 
Sometimes we shy away from telling people the truth because we don't want to offend them. Well, people were very offended at Jesus by what he said. But all he was doing, he was sharing the truth in love. He was very offended. They were very offended at him. So, are you willing? Am I willing to share the truth with our friends, with people, even if it hurts? That is a way to lay down our life for our friends. And the last one is, and there's probably many more ways you could, you could think about how this expresses itself, but here's, here's four, and this is the last one, is to be an inspiration. There was something about Jesus that you either really liked him and were inspired by him, or you hated him. It was one or the other. And for us to be that inspiration... You know, there's something that inspired people when they got around Jesus. And I, I believe it was, he was so genuine. There was nothing fake about him. He was so completely genuine and completely open and completely willing to, to lay himself out that it was inspiring. And he was so real, and the things that he heard from his father, he shared, and, it, and it, it inspired people. He he was inspired because he he heard from his father, and then he shared that he was not so much uh, affected by the things around him. He was just steady. He was inspired because he had a connection. From heaven, and that inspired people, and you could fire things at him, and you could you could accuse him, and he was just steady, he was just steady you could you could walk away from him, and he was steady, he would with tears in his eyes, look at that young rich man who walked away from him, he loved him, but he was just steady, he was just steady, and you stood back and you watched him, and you would say, "Wow, if I could just be like that man." He was steady, and it was because he had a connection with heaven, and it was his joy, it was his strength, it was what motivated him to get up in the morning and go, was to do the will of his Father. And I can, I can recommend today that I, without a doubt in my mind that it is the will of our Father that we love like this. It's not easy, but it's the will of the Father that we lay down our life for our friends. Oh, if I could just get a hold of this and completely take the fight out of me, how nice that would be. I mean, you couldn't argue with me anymore because I wouldn't have anything there to argue. It would just take the fight away. If I could just be like that, if we could all be like that, 
we would just be so much like Jesus. We would all be laying our lives down for each other. We would all be doing this because we would want to be so much like Jesus. And this place would be full of the greatest expression of love the earth has ever seen. And so Jesus looked to his disciples and said, this is, this is how you're going to really prove that you're my disciples if you can love like this. This is the acid test. It's not how many scriptures we can memorize. It's not, you know, walking around with a halo over our head. It's how much we can lay down our lives for each other. It's the greatest expression of love. So, in the Gospel of John 3.16, that very popular verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In the epistle of John, 1 John 3.16, you know what that verse is? Same, same numbers, it's this. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And so that brings me back to the power of, that we need to live this kind of love is we need that revelation. We need that perception. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and out of that I can lay down my life for my friends. So in closing here, I want to read this song. It's, it's my favorite. O love divine, what hast thou done? The incarnate God hath died for me. Shouldn't I do the same? The Father's co-exist, the Father's co-eternal Son bore all my sins. Shouldn't I bear yours? Upon the tree, the Son of God for me hath died. My Lord, my love, is crucified, is crucified for me and you to bring us rebels back to God. Believe, believe the record true. Ye all are bought with Jesus' blood. Pardon for all flows from his side. My Lord, my love is crucified. Behold him, all ye that pass by. The bleeding prince of life and peace. Come, sinners, see your Savior die. And say, was ever grief like his? Come feel with me his blood applied. Forgiveness. 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 Hallelujah. Come feel with me the blood applied. Forgiveness. My Lord... My love is crucified. Then let us sit beneath his cross. 
and gladly catch the healing stream. All things for him account but loss and give up all our hearts to him. There it is. A complete surrender. A complete laying down my life for you, for Jesus' sake. I need the power of God to do that, and you need that too. But that will be the greatest expression of love this earth has ever seen next to Christ. And give up all our hearts to him of nothing think or speak beside. My Lord, my love is crucified. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Complicated? Not at all. Hard? Very. Very hard. Who will do it? Can we do it? Will you do it? Will I do it? To a greater extent? May God give his blessing that we could do it that we would do it. Praise God.